0: Welcome to Foreign Policy Therapy with me, Dr. Alan Mendoza. I want to introduce today's guest, Marina Litvinenko. Marina is the wife of Alexander Litvinenko, a British naturalised Russian defector and former Russian Federal Security Service FSB officer. Alexander was a prominent critic of Russian President Vladimir Putin, who in 2006, while residing in Britain under political asylum with his family, was hospitalised, having been poisoned with polonium-210. He tragically lost his life on 23rd November 2006. Following his death, Marina has fought valiantly for justice in what would become a long, tumultuous campaign forcing the British government to finally confront what was not an ally, but in fact a mafia. State. Marina, thank you uh, for joining me today. Um, We're going to cover a lot of ground, but I think perhaps the best way to start is not to deal with those events straight off, but to delve into the background to look at your your life in Russia together. And I suppose the best place to start is, you know, what what were you doing when you first met Sasha? And what was he doing? And and how did that meeting happen?
1: It all happened in 1993, just two years after Soviet Union collapsed. But and Sasha and me, we had experience to live in Soviet Union when we were children. And of course, we might say something good about Soviet Union, but of course, it was not a country for promising future. Sasha was uh, a military officer since he was 17 years old uh, when he joined army, and then go to military uh, college. I finished university and became economist of gas and oil industry mm-hmm. but i had a, another passion of dancing and i became professional ballroom dancer wow and i did it exactly till 1991 when i just stopped so Com- in the
0: soviet time this was you were a i started
1: this in the soviet time and uh, now i can describe it as kind of a dissident to be a dissident in some way because uh, we live a different life why Uh, I would say we could survive we could meet people all around Soviet Union we can uh, make our own opinion without reading this newspaper what was only one opinion but Sasha had a different experience he was a military officer security officer and he worked for special force when somewhere in Soviet Union it was a conflict, national conflict, what we never thought it might be existed. Mm. But he saw a lot of troubles in Azerbaijan, in Ossetia, even before Soviet Union collapsed.
0: So you mean already there were these tensions that were breaking out even before?
1: Even before. It's everything what was saying about Soviet Union, everybody equivalent, it was the best place to live. Unfortunately it was not every time it true. And when we met, we've been both um, quite young, but already with uh, uh, experience uh, and meeting in this serious time for new Russia. Maybe it was good to us because we need to not to survive, but to start to live in a different uh, situation with a different country, with a different rules, with different everything.
0: A period of great transition, basically. It
1: was a great transition, and I think we've been all optimistic. We never believed Russia going back to Soviet time or everything what we remember from all restrictions, from rules of afraid to say something because of power of KGB might happen again. Mm. This was a time of hope.
0: And optimism in that sense. So where did you actually meet? Was it through dancing or was it just socially or was it through work? How did you you come together?
1: It's like all together because uh, it's through dancing because it was my very, very good friends. uh, And the time they've been in the troubles. And Sasha, who worked on their case, it was a work of Sasha's work. Ah. And uh, they came together to my house in a day of my birthday. Right. This has all happened sixteenth of June of my birthday, and I always said Sasha is my present gift.
0: That's amazing. So he turned up. Was it love at first sight, or was there a, was there a bit of a, a sort of a chase one way or the other?
1: No, it was not from first time because we've been both through first marriages. I see. I see. And we had a. Great experience of life and we do um, understand what does it mean to be together.
0: And what attracted you to him?
1: Uh, first of all, he was a very handsome, good looking and much younger of his age. And absolutely, uh, what you said, as an image of security service officer at all.
0: Right, at so all. you wouldn't have thought that was his job?
1: No, and he was a very shy.
0: Very nice, so this relationship developed, and how quickly um, after you you know, sort of started uh, dating as such, how quickly did you get married?
1: Um, it started quite quickly because uh, Sasha, uh, even being uh, not so, st- looking so strong or demanding or anything, how to say, uh, but he just told me in one month he really want to be only one. <laughs> Uh, for
0: me. <laughs> it was that quick, and you said yes, and that was that, yes?
1: I did not say yes. Ah, uh, good, you made
0: him work, yes.
1: I didn't say yes, because for me, I, I, I didn't want anybody will decide what I want.
0: <laughs> Excellent, Here's a <the> new Russia. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, and after um, maybe two months, I just realized how it's good to be with this man, because uh, being very much uh, independent and strong, I saw somebody happy to take care about you and you feel very safe and protected and it started to develop to very strong relationship and even just understanding you want to be with this man and particularly when I just realize I'm pregnant
0: oh how wonderful how yes. wonderful so then the two of you you know you've got a you've got a baby
1: and even after that sasha was so happy yes and said now you're definitely will be with me you're not going nowhere tied you down yes And this was not marriage yet, and when he said, we need to marry now, I said, why? Why, we have to, we are happy, we have a child together, he says no, 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 please, we have to go to registrate, and I want to give uh, to you my name, I want to give it to our son's name as well, and this was, uh, all happened uh, just in a year after we met.
0: Wonderful, so what, when was the baby born, and when did you get married?
1: and uh, the same year 1994 so uh, our son was born and uh, in June and in October we became a couple a married Fan-
0: couple fantastic and you're living at this time where in Russia
1: we lived in Moscow mm. and I saw Sasha was a very promising officer mm. he worked against organized crime it was nothing about politics at all and um, I met people he helped and how they've been grateful. Some cases been about kidnapping, and he saved uh, members of family of these people. And um, after 1994, he joined anti-terrorist department.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: First Chechen war just started, and this was a lot of discussion. What's the kind of war? Is it uh, terrorist, or is it just people fighting for their independence. this is, was all challenge just started for all of us
0: and what sort of change then i mean you mentioned it was optimistic it was 93 94 there was optimism um, his work was clearly going well your lives were developing what turned that into um you know sort of pessimism as it were what what made you realize things were not going so well
1: uh, of course, I try to understand many things um, through my husband, Sasha, because he was involved mm. to a very certain subject uh, working in this anti-terrorist department and his first experience of Chechen war, even if he was not working uh, in a front line, he was working just outside because his job was not being uh, in front line and something was not right something was wrong and a lot of his colleagues or students he was before when he was in the military college just died during this war right. everything was so badly organized it looked like a uh, Russian army of course was much bigger than a Chechen uh, uh, even this was not the army but they just lost one by one And this was first moment when we realized something is wrong. Second, uh, all his cases he working for against uh, some high level of criminality, he couldn't complete it. Because names of people being so powerful and they've been protected from uh, other politicians or even from people from his office, it made him feel in other something is wrong. Corruption started to rise more and more.
0: And corruption where people are being protected by by high-ranking other people, is what you're saying.
1: Absolutely. This became uh, corruption, and he knew people were definitely from criminal world, became politician, and they started to control a lot of uh, financial uh, sectors. And this is what all worried Sasha. Mm. But... Um, for all of na- us, democracy still be a strong. Mm-hmm. Of course, it can't be ideal. You can't change t- uh, state control uh, mm, state from uh, to completely democratical. And even if sometimes it was saying it looks like a gangster time in Chicago or somewhere else. yes, It's true. It was like this. It's like every day we can read from newspaper one... Um, very rich man was killed, or in another place, two gangsters' group killed each other. It was a lot of
0: so, a lot of gang wars type thing, like everywhere, that. Yes, everywhere, yes, it, it looked like this. So, what what tipped Sasha over from essentially concern into something is really wrong here?
1: Um, what I said, this is, was not my organization for what he's working for, he just realized. But this was not 100% and he believed it'd still be more good people.
0: Right, that's who, key. Who,
1: yes, that's key. who try to exchange, who try to change t- this. And uh, even some people became rich suddenly, but they one day will bring this money to change uh, uh, Russia again for good way. Could you tell, was he is naive? not maybe he was just uh, giving chance uh, to russia
0: to change one day to better place but basically he was a good man working trying to make the system work puzzled why there were problems but hoping that if the corruption was exposed and if it could be changed that russia could still be salvaged as it were in this regard would that be a good summary
1: yes you're absolutely right and for him who never worked on kgb before soviet union collapsed he felt he's a, like a new generation of uh, security service people who might make uh, a difference. But in other things, uh, many people from uh, past experience still be in FSB. And not only, some of them became uh, in the politics is a very famous name. They became uh, very famous in and, and business. This is how uh, old style people uh, from KGB, get ah. back to control of Russia
0: so basically there was no regime change it was the same regime absolutely okay so that I understand how though did it come that you ended up here in the UK what was the path for Sasha to leave Russia
1: this is was uh, from one side a long story but from another side it was a short yes. uh, full disagreement for what happening uh, in FSB, this Federational Security uh, Service. Um, they, uh, Sasha and other, his colleagues, started to work to special unit, and all orders what they received been so illegal. It looked like they need to kidnapped uh, some uh, businessman, and only because he's a Chechen nationality, and they might pretend they asked for money, and take this money back and maybe to free some people in chechnya everything was in in an age of legal and illegal and when sasha received not the order of course it was not the order but signing by somebody not a
0: direct uh, it was
1: just discussion in uh uh, office about could you kill a boris Berezovsky. Boris Berezovsky. Sorry,
0: there was a conversation in the office about killing Boris Berezovsky. That was being discussed in the FSB office.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. And for, Sa- and for Sasha, it was a little bit uh, strange because it would be obvious recorded. And he knew uh, it might be using against him. <laughs> and his reaction would be a very essential. And when he said, uh, are you sure we should talk about this? This is was uh, not finish of this conversation. I would like to tell you, Boris Berezovsky was not only famous to be a rich man, he's not only became owner of TV channel, he was actually a state man. And it's a protocol. If you received any information about threat of life of people who are serving for state- Yes, he had a position, to, yes. Uh, you need to make a statement. Huh. And of course, Sasha did it. Before uh, he decided to make this all official, he discussed Boris Berezovsky.
0: Oh, so he went to see Boris Berezovsky?
1: Absolutely. And just. And what
0: s- year was this, if I could ask? This It, caused... it was in
1: 1997. Goodness. Wow. And when Boris Berezovsky couldn't believe is this uh, discussion or might take a place at all, he uh, called to another people to come to his office. And asked was it like this or what Sasha a little bit accelerated and everybody repeats the same words and how this is all legal process started as internal investigation but everything was done inside finally became uh, publicly known and this is all what my husband Sasha tried to prevent started to work against of them not only him and others' colleagues. It uh, pushed them to take a place for press conference. Press conference happened in 1998 on state TV channel. It never happened before when uh, officers of security service openly criticized FSB, said uh, about these illegal orders, and Sasha was a speaker. He said this all.
0: So he was publicly on TV condemning what he had heard and seen within the FSB office and it's worth just reminding our listeners at the time Boris Berezovsky was probably I think it's fair to say probably the most prominent uh, oligarch in Russia and a, a major political player so it's quite an extraordinary thing for his assassination to essentially have been discussed and other matters in that way so that was public and what happened then?
1: Uh, uh, it may, maybe it's very important another one point in the same time, in the same year a head of FSB became Vladimir Putin
0: Ah, right, that is quite an important point it's a so very This is before point. the criticism this is before the public condemnation
1: He became uh, director of FSB just two months before this press conference took right. place right. and my husband uh, had a meeting with Vladimir Putin uh, he was not optimistic and he knew of uh, about Vladimir Putin as a not uh, absolutely uh, honest man. And all information what Sasha brought to show to him about corruption, about criminality, about everything and FSB, he knew it would be not the right reaction. But they
0: tried. Yes, he had to try. <laughs>
1: It didn't happen. Sasha was arrested uh, next year in March, put to prison when he spent almost nine months. Huh. And uh, during trial, he was called innocent, but he was arrested again. And he was put to prison for another month. Goodness. After that, he was released for uh, almost um, on bail in December, but he knew it never would be stopped.
0: So I he, you mean he'd be pursued constantly?
1: Yes. And this was... I knew this was a message to me when I'm meeting people from prosecutor service. They will take all cases oh. Sasha worked for and they will find anything to accuse of him of doing something wrong.
0: So what you're saying is he kept on being pulled up for cases he had worked on. They were alleging wrongdoing on his behalf.
1: Yes. Right. Yes. This is, was punishment. Yes. This was punishment. But I now would say... Absolutely not only for what he said during this press conference, but this was already hunting for Boris Berezovsky They wanted him I mean Sasha Letrinenko to give evidence against Boris Berezovsky
0: Goodness, and what year was this already? This was which year? This 1999 was, So 1999, so basically even before Putin becomes uh, president of Russia there's already already a campaign being orchestrated to remove Boris Berezovsky, essentially.
1: Yes, I would like to say this was not uh, exactly Vladimir Putin who brought all this pressure. No, I understand Russia. that. That's what's so amazing. the yes. system yes. was before, and this system pushed out Vladimir Putin to become a head of this all.
0: Remarkable. So how does Sasha get away?
1: After released uh, on bail, Sasha knew it would be not stopping. And uh, uh, they dropped second accusation. They said, it's not Sasha. He was not even in Moscow. But they opened another case, and this could be more serious. And Sasha started to plan some kind of escaping. But he never would be trying to do this himself without Uh us. And um, in 1990, uh, in 2000, he makes this plan without discussing with me. I have no idea. Right. This was only things to go to somewhere abroad and Spain was chosen. And when I was in Spain with Anatoly, our son who was six years old, Sasha was uh, already in Georgia. Again, this was, I, kn- I never knew. And he said, I'm waiting for my travel documents mm-hmm. and we have to just go somewhere.
0: So you were out the country, and then you're told you're not coming back, basically.
1: Absolutely. I had no idea, and uh, I never say goodbye, not to my my mom, not to my dad. I had only a summer clothes uh, suitcase, and this was all started to discuss. uh, It was a difficult decision to take. I was just uh, physically ill to take this decision, because uh, this was not just my responsibility for myself, it was responsibility for our son, who was six years old, and had not even chance to say what he does like, and uh, left my parents, uh, it, it's all, all, all was, first of all, no, but during this talk, I realized, if we come back, it would be completely different situation compared, what even uh, what was even a year ago. Yes. And it was absolutely truth. Uh, Nobody will help us, able to help, not support, nothing.
0: So basically, you you risked, if you went back, you risked being frozen. Yes, and
1: uh, absolutely right. Yes, and only things what I agreed, just, uh, okay, Sasha, I'm not going back to Russia at that time. And we just decided uh, to meet, and place was Turkey. Mm -hmm. But we didn't know where we were going to. Of course.
0: So how did you end up in the UK? What what, what happened there?
1: First uh, idea was go to America. Right. And this uh, was Alex Goldfarb. uh, Later became our our very good friend and co-writer and uh, incredible man. And uh, we just uh, meeting in Turkey and discussed uh, about uh, possibility to go to American Embassy. We had a lawyer, immigration, uh, to help us, but uh, Americans at that time were not very much interested to take somebody, troublemaker, Russian, no spy, because it's a just proved against. I Russia never been spy. And at the same time, it was um, election in America, and they still are waiting for who is going to be in George Bush? Yes, Jr. That, that, the disputed Angor. election
0: of two thousand that took some time to. Yeah, and uh, they do
1: I said it. we, it's, we have. So they weren't going to for...
0: make a decision. Yeah. So yes. then,
1: and they said uh, you should wait or maybe apply for green card or for visa, but it was quite d- dangerous to stay in uh, Turkey uh, under all yes. this observation with the Turkish police, and we uh, just traveled to Istanbul. And when we discussed again where where finally we could go and this was uh, idea to travel to um, not to United Kingdom but why United Kingdom because uh, transfer visa were not recruited and we just decide to buy tickets stopped in London
0: and asked for
1: political asylum
0: so that was the key decision it was you're gonna be here you asked political asylum you then did that asylum and it was granted
1: In 11 months after.
0: Fine. But then you were here. I suppose the important question is, you know, having arrived here, did you feel safe here? Did you have any conception, any thought that there might be repercussions to this act of claiming asylum against Russia as such?
1: For uh, Sasha, for my husband, it was yes and no, because... uh, uh, it's his professionally. I uh, need to be every time to be ready for something uh, mm-hmm. extraordinary or maybe for some risk. I felt safe because I was with my husband, I was uh, with a son, and Sasha always tried to make a joke uh, saying, we are under protection of the Queen, <laughs> we are in a kingdom, we are in an island, we are safe. Since 2002, when Russian money just started to flow united kingdom this was another feeling from one side um, you feel this money might spoiled this society in a very bad way but from another side if you uh, try to bring this your money when you try to buy property bring your children uh, uh, invested money to your business you're not going to do anything bad
0: so it gave it gave you a sense of things are going to be okay here
1: it looked like this, yes, we just, uh, uh, it was like a balancing, uh, might make some sense, uh, this it would be work together. But uh, Sasha always been in a communication with his uh, former colleagues mm-hmm. in Moscow, and he received some messages. They still be uh, very angry with what uh, Sasha did, because... Um, Sasha never been silent he published two books
0: yes of course
1: in 2001 in two thousand two, one it was a uh, book blowing up Russia how to explain what happened in 1999 in some few Russian cities and of course for uh, Sasha was obvious security service was behind of this.
0: So these were, for example, the apartment blocks being destroyed? And Absolutely, like yes. Yeah.
1: And uh, in Moscow, it was devastating, like one by one, uh, one week between of these two blowing. And uh, second book, never been translated to English, but I think it was a more irritating book for security service in Russia. Sasha uh, described his... Um, Office as a uh, gang, oh, and I he see. said, and he calls this gang of lubyank. Lubiank is a square when as a uh, headquarters based, and he called this is like a gangsters, and he explained how criminal people being uh, connecting to officers, and he saw this, and this was all on this book.
0: So basically, he had blown the whistle essentially on what had happened in the security services as you say a bunch of gangsters are taken over he had exposed it the book may not have been in English but it was in Russian they were aware of it and clearly they were very annoyed about it and he was getting messages from Russia saying they're very annoyed with you
1: it was absolutely you're absolutely right and uh, I think Sasha was one of the first person who named Russia as a mafia state He's called it first, yes. and then it became more common. And now, like, uh, everybody talking well, about everyone's Russia... Everyone's seen
0: that behavior firsthand. He just happened to see it earlier than others because he was in the middle of it. Obviously, by this time, Boris Berezovsky has also come to the UK. Did they meet while they were in the UK?
1: Boris Berezovsky is a key figure. First of all, uh, he had office here in London. And um, during my time to decide... He, uh, I'm ready to go or not to go back to Russia. I had this conversation with uh, Boris Berezovsky. He told me, Marina, it's going to be very dark time in Russia. It would be difficult to, to make any surviving uh, when Sasha would be arrested. Mm. And we even don't know he might be even killed. Yes. And uh, Berezovsky moved to London too.
0: Because he had to flee because he was facing persecution and arrest. And
1: absolutely. That. And uh, we received uh, a grant from Foundation of Civil Rights. And this uh, foundation was supported by Boris Berezovsky. And this is, was like an all-indirect link to Boris. And I would say I was and very grateful for this support. Because and that so, enabled
0: you to live, right?
1: Absolutely. And Sasha's book has been published, supporting by Boris Berezovsky.
0: Right. So basically, um, Moscow is seeing now Sasha as being part of Boris Berezovsky's operation. Would that be a fair...
1: You're right. You you even call like a London group.
0: Right. It was many,
1: many other people who came to London. Lots of
0: dissidents who had to flee. Yes. They all had to come here, but they were here. There was a group of them. They were working together either loosely or officially, depending on who they uh, were. they
1: have been together, yes. uh, not completely together, because for what happened after 2003, it was another group of people who uh, should go out from Russia. It was after the Khodorkovsky incident. It, absolutely, example, this yes. was Khodorkovsky group, and they may be not uh, mixed too much. Yeah. But anyway, it was a lot of people uh, here in London who uh, became... Uh, Uh, under very serious control from security service
0: so what tips that over from you know control and watching into murder what was it that you felt led to Sasha being targeted for death
1: when was a public inquiry what I'm very grateful to uh, this justice system in UK we couldn't take uh, uh, place as a trial because people who've been suspect they never been extradited from russia we can say this was russian citizens it was a russian agent and it was a lot of evidence against them but they been never extradited of course and we could not make uh, like a trial normal trial but public inquiry at the end made this all uh, facts evidence a lot of witnesses statements and of course this was uh why sasha been killed and um it's difficult to agree with anything these things but um sasha became very effective consulting uh consulting uh for security service here in uk yeah. And last, uh, his agreement was to work with the Spanish authorities. And I think it might be one uh, a reason, what make like a last drop. Yeah, there, w- there, were of,
0: there were lots of little things and that was the, the final, working with yet another ser- service in the Russians' view against them.
1: Because um, Russian money, what I already mentioned, became uh, quite dangerous yeah. because this money been not earned by uh, real business, Sometimes it was money laundering and a lot of criminal people behind of this money and they started to corrupt a system here in UK and all around Europe and knowledge of Sasha and uh, Possibility to explain all all this material was a very very effective
0: That's very interesting. So really it, it became obvious that he was a major target Did he feel like there was a price on his head as such? Did he at any point say to you? Marie, I think they're going to come for me.
1: Um, he started to talk about this just two, three months before he was poisoned. Goodness. And I think this was one reason. Uh, in July 2006, uh, Russian parliament make uh, some order or like a new policy like uh, Russian security service might take uh, action against uh, people who they named as an extremist or terrorist,
0: right.
1: even abroad.
0: So that was the key. There was a sort of move yes. to legalize it almost. Of course, you can't legalize yeah. murder, but that whole point.
1: And for Sasha, it was a very he, he serious thing. And he realized it straight away. Yes, he realized, but he believed he's not a number one. Of course. Number one would be Boris Berezovsky. Berezovsky was number one, obviously, yes. Yes, because Russian tried to extradite him. Yes. Uh, it was unsuccessful. Uh, target number two, Ahmed Zakaev. Mm-hmm. They tried twice to extradite him. It never happened. Zakayev,
0: of course, just for our listeners, is the I suppose, if you like, the leader in exile of Chechnya and that sort of It's way.
1: true. Yes, and then he believed he was like a, in the fifth, uh, sixth position. And that time, it was a, a list of names of people circulated on internet as a target. For uh, Russia State, and it was exactly order. Uh, what Sasha said, Berzowski is number one. And right. as a professional, he believed he might prevent it. He knew
0: what to do. He had statecraft. He knew how to deal with this sort of uh, with this sort of approach. So then, how? When did he realize he'd been poisoned? How did that uh, you know come about?
1: Um. All happened exactly uh, a day. He had meeting with this two Russian agent, uh, Andrey Lugovoy and Dmitri Kovtun and was not only meeting. He met another people in that day, but he became ill after a few hours. The after day. having met, after having met them. Yes, he met them like uh, late afternoon, but he became sick uh, just at midnight. Right. And this was looked so. Powerful and so unusual because uh, And Sasha and me, we've been all healthy We never used any medical treatment here We never called to ambulance We never had anything like this
0: But he felt really <laughs> ill
1: Really ill And I thought it might maybe a few minutes But it didn't stop for hours And um, next day he became even uh, he started to feel even worse. And when we tried to call to ambulance uh, next following night, ambulance arrived, but they did not recognize anything wrong.
0: So they, they had no clue what was going on? Not like, clue though,
1: at all. They just said, it might be season flu. And uh, to take him, I mean, Sasha to hospital, it would be a bad idea. Everybody have this uh, flu and it might be his condition worse. Take more water. And just uh, relax, but it was definitely something, not a flu. Te- and he
0: knew that. He knew that. He felt this was not a flu.
1: It was a very low body temperature. Mm-hmm. Was not uh, enough oxygen. He always asked for open the window, and he immediately mentioned, "I've been poisoned." When he said it to me, I said,
0: "Fascinating." I
1: said, th- "Why and who? Who and what?" It was so difficult to accept, but he said it doesn't look as a food poison. It looks as a chemical poison.
0: And that's amazing that he recognized that sort of he felt. His he educated body,
1: yeah. he'd been educated in the military college and they had a different um knowledge about chemical radioactive and everything. But I tried to comfort him to say, No Sasha, how is it possible? This who and he mentions this meeting with Lugavoy and Koftun. Oh. But what I how I analyze later, he tried to keep this knowledge for him. He he believed he will recover.
0: Yes. Of nobody even, knew. Nobody thought about that it would be this. Even if it was a poison, nobody would have thought it would be like this. It was probably
1: And uh, after being taken in a and uh, one day more in, uh, in a house, staying, but it was obvious his condition became worse. He was taken to hospital, but almost two weeks they could not recognize what is it.
0: Do you think, It's a difficult question to ask, but do you think that had they recognized it, they could have done anything for him? No. So it would, the, the, the very act itself meant it was going to be a fatal
1: I asked this question every time, if this would be before or early stage, they said unfortunately not, dose of polonium was so high, and this was calculated, it's damaged all cells of his body, and they started just to fail.
0: How long after that did he pass away?
1: It takes 23 days, and this, um, why? uh, we all know about this, and we're talking about this, and we blame Russia state about this. If Sasha died in two, three, four, five days, it would be unexplained death. And this would be a lot of um, possibility to blame anybody.
0: Yes, of course.
1: Start starting with me, with uh, Boris Berezovsky, anybody. And it would be never be possible to find a truth. But because Sasha survived for 23 days, and this was, every day it was a torture. It was nothing uh, easy. And only the day he died, uh, Polonium-210 was founded.
0: I see. So that was key, essentially. They managed to isolate it because he hung on for so long. So even if you sense, even in his final act, he was defying Putin, as it were, and defying the regime because he was able to show what had happened.
1: And not only, uh, last three days before he died, he had a very intensive consultation with police from Scotland Yard, and they received all information from Sasha, where he went, who he had met, and they'd been able to indicate of Polonium all around the London Incredible. all around London because without this knowledge it would be not possible and this why we can call Sasha investigated his own murder
0: and he actually managed to basically piece everything together and they were able to find that result of course it what happened was a tragedy none of us can you know can, can imagine what you and he went through of course at that moment in time but you came out the other side, of course, and you weren't prepared to just let it rest. Your husband had been murdered, you were gonna do something about it. And of course, you succeeded in getting this public inquiry and the public inquiry was quite, you know, was, was unequivocal in its, um, in, its, uh, in its findings. Were you satisfied with, with the proceedings, w- with what happened there? And were you satisfied with the action taken at that point in time against Russia?
1: It was not any other' ways to to make anything. I would like this would be very much public, and public inquiry made this possible mm-hmm. to see evidence and witness statements because uh discussion no, it could be not Russia or it could be not polonium. I believed would stopped because it was so strong evidence it
0: was so obvious to everyone who saw it yeah.
1: Of course, uh, not Lugovoy, not Kovtun uh, been punished. We know uh, Dmitry Kovtun had died a year ago, suspiciously from COVID. We don't know, but it still be Lugovoy. I would like to know uh, all truth, and we don't know uh, when it might happen uh, until Putin and Putin's regime. It still be because they will protect. They this will knowledge. shield him
0: until then. Yes, but.
1: Even then, in 2006, when polonium was discovered, in 10 years in 2016, when those was public inquiry, I wanted p- people from politics will realize who is Mr. Putin. But unfortunately, it was not enough. Mm. And we have 2022 and war in Ukraine. And I believe this is all the same, uh, a scenario I mean how to even to say chapters if you've been taking this more seriously you might uh, make some kind of uh, prevention and less people would die and I think Sasha died to protect people yes He's, he believed he might protect people but not
0: they didn't, they didn't heed the message, basically, the message that Putin would send assassins essentially to another country to kill a dissident in the most foul way possible, using um, an extreme methodology to make his point. And yet, despite that and despite the obviousness of what happened, nothing happened. I think that you're right. That's a, a great tragedy. The world did not listen and did not learn from that experience. And to think that the man who would do that would also do all the other things that he did as well. I suppose to end on some optimism, if there are if there is optimism here. What are, what are your hopes for the future of Russia and for its citizens?
1: Um, I I still have my Russian citizenship. I didn't drop it. I know many good uh, very nice Russian people uh, dropped Russian citizenship after war in Ukraine started, and I do understand it's a way to protest. But Russia, anyway, never going nowhere. We want to, Putin's regime would be stopped. Yes. We don't know would be Russia in the same shape, would be it's uh, the same big country, or it would be something different, I don't know. But Russia, anyway, would be in the map. And I want a better future for Russia. And meeting a very good, educated very nice russian people who might be uh, one day happy to come back to russia and build another completely another state what everybody in the world would be happy to communicate to make a business this is my dream but now for me more wish and hopes for ukraine i i think this is all what might make Russia changed
0: what happens in Ukraine now
1: if Ukraine will win or even what does it mean win Winner, it's a different but survived it still be Ukrainian state yes. with the same border and uh, Ukrainian people would be able to live in their country it might make Russia changed and realized you can't live anymore with this ambitious to uh, manipulate different uh, countries even if they've been part of Soviet Union You need to let them go the way what they want to do not to dictate and this is need to be happen to Russia
0: And if that did happen and if Russia did change, would you consider moving back to help build the new Russia?
1: Um, I don't know about moving back uh, but I haven't been in Russia since 2000 since I left Again, I didn't uh, leave with uh, like uh, new knowledge about this, and I, I I tried many times to think what is might happening when I come back. I even make some kind of this uh, vision or yes. scenario, uh, and I know it why wi- it, it might happen one day. Yes, only things uh, makes me feel a little bit. Um, a serious it would be not the same Russia I left of course I can't say it's a better or worse and uh, people might change under this uh, very difficult time try to live with all this uh, dictatorship Putin's regime and make even sometimes agreement okay I don't do anything wrong but I have to live here
0: yes so and this I'm is just going to be, yeah.
1: Yes, it might change people and change this whole atmosphere. But after what I said, people will realize they have to change. Maybe it would be a better place to come back.
0: We must hope. But for now, Marina, we're of course delighted that the UK is your home and we're delighted that you continue your uh, struggles to speak out and to tell the truth about what happened and what still is happening. Um, and I want to leave the audience uh, with a final thought. Um, a small passage of Alexander's final words and essentially his message to Putin and he said you've shown yourself to have no respect for life liberty or any civilized value you've shown yourself to be unworthy of your office to be unworthy of the trust of civilized men and women you may succeed in silencing one man but the howl of protests from around the world will reverberate Mr Putin in your ears for the rest of your life may God forgive you for what you have done not only to me but to beloved Russia and its people. I think that's a fitting epitaph. Marina, thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you very much.